Hey guys, welcome to my home. My name is Kurt and I serve as the Do Good Director at The Bridge. And um, I'm happy to be with you this morning as we wrap up our series, The Picture Imperfect Family. Now, two weeks ago, we were in Marshall's house and he talked about how family is messy and how family uh, takes mercy. And then last week, we were in Kenny's house and he talked about how family takes sacrifice and really challenged us to live with the motto of what you need is more important than what I want. And so today, as we wrap it up, I, I thought about like, man, it's kind of scary inviting you into my home because, you know, you never really know what somebody's like until you're in their house. I, I, you know, when I walk around the neighborhood or when I drive by people's houses, I often wonder what really goes on behind those closed doors. Like some of you, I wonder, what goes on behind those doors? I'm wondering. Right out in public, we're one person and we get home and it's, you might be a completely different person. I, I read a, a quote by a um, well-known biblical scholar, N.T. Wright, and he says, The home is the place, for better or worse, where one is truly oneself. You see, if you want to know what somebody's really like, just ask their spouse. Or ask their kids. Now, luckily, mine aren't here. They can't tell you, all right? So, uh, but I was talking to my daughter the other day. I got to tell you guys this. I was talking to my daughter. She's 11. She's a sixth grader. She's awesome. Her name's Sophie. And, and I was talking to her, and um, I start, like, kind of complaining. Not complaining, but just kind of talking about the things I used to be good at, but now that I'm older, I'm just not that good at them anymore and one of them was athletics I was hey Sophie I used to be a good athlete you know I know I'm old now and kind of a bum but I used to be good and I mentioned something else I don't I don't remember what else it was but uh, Sophie looks at me and says well that's okay because you're an okay dad and I'm like an okay dad like she's like no I didn't mean that I didn't mean that and but it's like you're an okay dad. Like, who wakes up in the morning and says, man, I hope my kids think I'm mediocre today? Like, who does that? Or who says, man, I hope my wife thinks I'm average? Do, do you do that? No. Like, we don't do that. We want to be great. You want to be a great dad. I do. I want to be a great dad. I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great friend. I want my relationships to be great. And that's what we've talked about in this series. God wants your relationships to be great. He didn't design your relationships to be hard or to be difficult. He, he wants your relationships to thrive. He wants them to be healthy. And if we're going to follow God, if we're going to consider ourselves Christ followers, we should always try to live life the way He's called us to live life. But it's hard. And we've talked about over the last couple of weeks that no family is perfect. But that doesn't mean we can't try. That doesn't mean we can't strive for it. And so today what I want to talk about as we wrap up this series, I, I want to challenge you with this, that family takes intentionality. Family takes intentionality. And I was thinking, like, all, we know this, right? All things in life that, that are worth doing take some effort. Okay, you want to get healthy? Well, it's going to take some effort. You better start, you know, eating right. You better start exercising. You're going to have to intentionally put some effort into it. Uh, you want kids, you want to do well in school, it takes intentional effort to do well in school. I know some of you are just geniuses and you might not have to study or whatever, but the majority of people have to uh, put forth a lot of intentional effort. Uh, you want to be great at work, you want to do a good job, you want to climb the, the ladder at work, it takes intentional effort. So we know this, right? 
And I thought of a, just a, um, an easy example. You know, I don't know what you were doing during the, the first part of the pandemic when we were really locked inside and nobody left, but I did a lot of puzzles. I like puzzles. I, I borrowed this one from uh, my older brother. It's got a bunch of candy on it. And sorry, Kevin, I'll get it back to you soon. But, um, but I like puzzles. And, and here, here's the thing. Like, I've never seen it happen. Maybe you've done it before, but I've never been able to just shake the box up, take the lid off and dump it out. And then it's all automatically put together and the picture is perfect. It's never happened. It doesn't happen that way. No, but, but me, I'm real specific about the way I do a puzzle. I turn it over, I, I dump it out, and then I take time and I, I turn over every piece of the puzzle. And as I'm doing that, I separate the edge pieces because I'm gonna work on the edge first, edges first. And I put the edges together and then I match the colors and eventually, over time, the picture is perfect. It's no different with our families. Our families are never gonna be perfect on this side of eternity, right? Like, we're never gonna reach perfection, but that doesn't mean we can't try. That doesn't mean we can't do all we can do to intentionally make our relationships great. And I wanna challenge you with that today. And, and the fear is that this is just a, a basic message, like you've heard it before, like you're ready to turn off, or, or maybe you don't have a family, uh, you know, you live by yourself, you're not married, no kids, and, and, and I just want you to hang in there, because all relationships are hard. And maybe you've heard this stuff before, maybe you have, but, but I bet every day of your life you're not living it out. I know I'm not. And so as I was preparing this, it challenged me, how can me and my family, how can my wife and I be intentional with our relationship together? How can we be intentional with our relationship with our kids? How can I be intentional with my relationships with my friends even? And so that's what I want to tackle today. We're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy. It's maybe been a while since you've been in the book of Deuteronomy. But we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy. And Moses is talking to the Israelites. And he's, he's, he's giving them instructions before they are going to enter into the promised land. And so I think we can learn some stuff from this about how to be intentional. Okay, we're going to be in uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Starting in verse 4, going through verse 9. I'm going to read the whole thing to you and then we'll go back and, and, and point some things out. He says, Listen, O Israel, uh, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The first thing I, I wrote down about how, how can we be more intentional, I wrote it like this, that it starts with you. It starts with you. Look back at verse 4 and 5, and I want to point out the key words to you. It says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to the commands that I'm giving you today. You see, I truly believe this. If we're going to be intentional in any of our relationships with other people, it first starts with your relationship with Jesus. It first starts with your relationship with Jesus. You can't, have, you can't give away what you don't have. 
You can't be the type of person you want to be unless you have the type of relationship with Jesus that you want to have. You see, our relationships with other people should simply be out of the overflow of our relationship with Jesus. That's how we can be intentional with our relationships. If, if I want my wife to love me more, to respect me, to serve me, well then I need to be doing that stuff to her. I first need to be doing that. If I want my kids to be respectful, I want them to be nice, I want them to be kind, I need to lead the way and set the example. I need to be nice. I need to be kind. I need to be respectful. And the way that I can do that is to spend time with Jesus and allow Him to change me. It starts with you. And when I, when I think about this, this idea of, of your walk, your growth, right? Your spiritual growth with Christ. I think about a verse in 1 Corinthians. And this is Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in Corinth. And, and I love this verse because it has something to do with athletics. And I, I like athletics. He says, uh, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. He says this, so run to win. Right? Run to do well. Like, I love that. Why else would you run? I don't know. He says, all athletes are disciplined in their training, and they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Our prize is Jesus. He says, so I run with purpose. Listen to that. I run with purpose. That's intentionality. I run with purpose on every step. I'm not just shadow boxing or other versions say beating the wind. There's purpose in it, right? It reminds me of a time, uh, maybe 10 years ago or so, Ginger asked me, she said, hey, will you run a half marathon with me? Now, I don't know what I was thinking, right? The, the most I'd ever run is maybe three or four miles at a time. You know, half, marathon, half marathons 13.1 or something like that. I don't know. So I agreed because I'm just trying to be a good husband, right? I don't know. And, and we go out and we start training. So during the week, uh, we would do, you know, shorter runs, two, three miles, whatever, different days. And on Saturdays, we would do these longer runs, five miles. And it would build up. As the race got closer, the more we would do, right? And um, uh, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't think if you combine all the arguments of our almost 15 years of marriage, I, I think we argued more during this short period of training time than, than we have the other 15 years combined, right? Like we would go out to train and, and my, I had a goal, right? If I'm going to do it, I'm running to win. I, I knew realistically I'm not going to win, but in my mind, the win was 10 minute mile pace. Right, I, I go out there, I do the best that I can do, right? I'm not just the guy that's like, oh, I hope I finish. No, 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 no. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it, right? M my wife, on the other hand, like, she's just like, oh, we'll just go out and have fun. Like, what? What? I, my wife is fit. She's, she works out all the time. Do you know her? I mean, she played college soccer. She's not a bum, right? But in her mind, this was just a finish thing. So we, we didn't start off on the same page, okay? Uh, we go out to train, and, and she's like, can we stop and stretch? No, we can't stop and stretch. That's going to put us off our pace, right? And so, oh, man, so many arguments, argument after argument after argument. Well, then race day comes, and I tell myself, all right, Kurt, don't be dumb, okay? She's the one that asked you to do this. You don't have anything to go out and prove. Like, just run with her and have fun. And so I, I did. We started off, and man, we were, we were below a 10-minute pace the first five miles. Well, then her knee starts hurting, and she's like, hey, I need to walk. And everything inside of me is like, what? 
Like you need to walk? And 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 I didn't. Like the the Holy Spirit was with me that day, right? I didn't uh I didn't complain. I we just I said, okay, sure. And so the rest of the race, we 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 would run a little while, then we'd walk a little while, run a little while, walk a little while. And it was fine, right? Until the very end, maybe we were, I don't know, a mile away from the finish. And here comes this lady. And she was probably 65 plus, maybe 70 years old, right? And this was 10 years ago. I'm, I was still in my 20s. This lady, almost 70 years old, just comes passing us, right? As we're walking along. And I look at Ginger and I'm like, everything inside of me wanted to say, are you kidding me? Like, we're going to let this happen? But I didn't. Right, and we just finished the race. And I, I tell you that story, it's funny. And, and, but I tell you that story because if you're gonna run, right, don't, don't let the 70 year old ladies, and don't be content with the 70 year old ladies passing you. Run on purpose. Paul says, I take every step on purpose. He's talking about his spiritual growth. He's talking about growing to be more like Jesus. He's taking intentional effort. Everything he does is to get him closer to the prize of being like Jesus. What if we lived like that? What if we woke up in the morning and we just we made time to spend with Jesus? If we were intentional about it? I know we talk about it all the time, but what if we started actually doing it? It would tremendously help your relationships. Try it. Try it. I, I, I challenge you to try it and then, tell, and then come back and find me. If it doesn't improve your relationships, Come and tell me, because I guarantee you that it will. Okay, so that's the first thing. How, how do we uh, become intentional with our family? Uh, we, we first start with us. And then the second one here, it gets real practical, because the second one, I, I wrote it down like this, that we make Jesus a part of our rhythm. Let's go back to uh, Deuteronomy. We're, we're back in uh, uh, verse 7. He's talking about his commands and, and knowing God's commands. And he says this. He says, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them. Repeat them again and again to your children. Repeat them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. He doesn't leave much out there, right? He's saying that God's commands, God's word, Jesus, the name of Jesus, should be in part of our everyday conversations with our family. And this is where we can get really practical, right? And so I wrote down a couple of things. I, I just wrote it down and I kind of went along with the verse. It says, um, while you're at home, talk about him while you're at home. And so I wrote a couple of ways and, and maybe this will help you um, just be intentional with your family. I wrote down, eat dinner together. And while you're eating, talk about it. Bring up an attribute of Jesus. Hey, Jesus is kind. How are you kind today at school? Something simple like that. Um, I, I wrote down, put your phone down. That's not, not really with Jesus, but yeah, put your phone down. Be intentional. Okay? Um, you could get our Bridge Kids in the Box materials. And it's, it's there for you. Okay, our family team has put that together and you can get those materials. You can go on Right Now Media. We have a bridge account on Right Now Media. While you're at your house, you can find a, a family devotional that you can follow. You can, follow, you can watch videos. You can um, follow those up with questions. Um, I, I wrote down pray together. Okay, pray together. 
while you're at home, make it a habit of praying together while you, before you eat, before you go to bed, anytime. Okay, and then right now, uh, church, we're all at home watching church. Make that a priority in your family. Right? We, we used to say make it a priority to come to church on Sundays. Now it's like, man, you can do it in your pajamas, but you can still make it a priority. You can be intentional about, hey, kids, this is important. This is an important time. We don't want to, to, to just breeze past this. We don't want to do other things. We want this to be an intentional time as a family that we're learning about Jesus. And then it says, and as you're on the road. And so I wrote down, take advantage of the time you have in the car. We spend a lot of time, uh, well, not as much anymore because we're all just stuck inside. But when you're in the car with your kids, maybe you're taking them to, to school. If your kids are back at school in Lamar Consolidated or um, if you're driving them to a practice or you're going to the grocery store, be intentional with that time, especially if it's one-on-one -on -one with your kids. Be intentional, right? Turn the music down. Ask them to take their headphones out, headphones out AirPods, whatever they have, and, and, and be intentional with your conversations. Um, I wrote down on the road, going on date nights. Going on date nights with your spouse. Make it a priority. One-on-one um, -on -one nights with your kids. Take them out. Go get some ice cream. Have good conversations. Um, then I just wrote down some other ideas that don't necessarily have to do with talking about Jesus, but ideas that... Have fun. Go on vacations. Um, make your family time a priority. And then it says when you're going to bed, okay, pray with your kids. This is a good time to talk to them about, um, you know, their day. How was your day today? What can we pray about? Those kind of things. It says when you wake up, okay, make, make the morning time a great atmosphere for your kids. You know, in my house, I, I, Alexa, put on some music, right? And I tell her that, and, and she's... Here's a playlist for you. And, and it's worship music. And, and I just have it playing because it sets the tone for the day. Okay? You have a, a great time in the morning to set the tone for your kid's day. Encourage them. Encourage your spouse. Make those, make those first conversations of the day great. Make them positive. Make them filled with encouragement. It will help the rest of the day and it's going to help your relationships as a family. Um, and, you know, I wrote down on here um, just an encouragement. Look for ways that throughout the day that you can be an encouragement to your family. And, and the truth is the bridge, we as a church, we want to help you with this. Okay, we really want to help you with this. Our family team, um, you can go to bridge.me slash family. There's all kinds of resources. There's conversation starters. You, you don't, because a lot of you, I know your pushback is, ah, I'm not very good at that stuff. I don't know enough of the Bible myself. Well, that's why I said it starts with you. That's why point number one was point number one. But it doesn't matter. We, we want to help you with that. Okay, you can contact us at any time. Hey, I, I need some help with some ideas on things that I can do with my family. We would love to share that. Our, our family pastor, Joel Owens, would love to have a conversation with you. You can reach out to him anytime. Okay? Be intentional. Make Jesus a part of your rhythm. And then the last thing that I said is, is how, how, how do we become intentional? It's not really a how-to, but it's more of a question. And it's this. Why, why not start now? Why not start now? And I know there's some of you out there and the, the reality is that your marriage is on the rocks. Like you don't know that it's even redeemable. 
your relationship with your kids is, is so strained that, that you feel like it's pointless. You feel like it's hopeless. But why not start being intentional? I want to share a story with you. And this is a friend of mine. He goes to the bridge, him and his wife. Uh, they serve at the bridge. Many of you know them. It's, it's Chad and Amy Blaha. And, and man, you see them and you see them as a family that's, that's awesome. Man, they're involved in the church. They, they serve. They love the Lord. Their kids are awesome. But I, it wasn't always that way. And I, wanted, I, I asked Chad if he could just kind of write a summary of their story. And I want to read it to you. He says, uh, Chad says this, he says, Many of you know me and my family, um, and, and you may look at us and think that we have it all together, and that God has blessed us in such a way that we can't understand others around us who may be hurting. He said, it's true, God has blessed us greatly, but we have also had some times in our life and in our marriage where we didn't know if we can make it. Have you been there? Can you relate with that? He says this, he says, seven years into our marriage, we had reached a place where we were making lists of who would get what and preparing the paperwork to officially declare our marriage dead. I heard just yesterday that the divorce rate since the pandemic started is up 34%. That's why this is important. Like we have to fight against that. He goes on and he says, uh, the stresses of a young family and poor choices and, and, and just not being there for each other had brought us to a place where we didn't know how we could go on. We didn't know if it was possible to rekindle the flame we once knew. At one point, Amy told me that our marriage was like a plant that we had in our living room. We had neglected it and now it looked dead. She said it was, our marriage was like that and, and it didn't matter how much watering or fertilizer we put on it, it wouldn't come back. Yet we had agreed that we would give God a shot and see if counseling could help us. We decided uh, that we would put in some hard work and to see if it would pay off. After many months of us dying to self and with the help of a counselor and God working His miracles, God delivered us through that tough season in our life. He blessed us with the Son after that, and He continues to show us that what we have now is far better than what we could have imagined. Our marriage was dead. Listen to this. I love this. Our marriage was dead, but we serve a God who can bring dead things to life. We learned that God didn't, did want that old marriage to die, so that he could give us a new marriage that was far better. Did you hear that? He said, we serve a God that brings dead things back to life. I, I don't know what relationships you have in your life right now that are, seem too far gone. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's um, with your kids. Maybe you're a kid listening and, and your relationship with your parents is so strained that you just can't wait to get out of the house. Or maybe it's just with friends. I, I don't know. But I want to encourage you with this. We serve a God who is in the habit of bringing dead things back to life. But it won't happen with you just sitting on your couch hoping that it will happen. God works as we put in effort and as we strive and as we're intentional to make our relationships better. God will work His miracles.
as we first start with us, with our relationship with Jesus, and we desire and we work to, to grow that relationship, and then we find ways to, to put Jesus into the rhythm of our life and our family, that we find ways to, to add uh, Jesus into our marriage, to bring Him into our marriage, that as we put in the intentional effort, we'll start to see God work His miracles. That's what He does. He's in the habit of bringing dead things back to life. And He wants to do that with your relationships. He wants to do that with your family. Be intentional. Because family takes intentionality. Now I know some of you listening, maybe you've never even surrendered your life to Jesus. The Bible says while we were dead in our sin, while we were dead in our trespasses, God makes us alive in Christ Jesus. That if we would trust in Him as our Savior, that He would turn our, our... We're dead. We're dead in our sins. And that He would give us new life. And so I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. If you've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior, I, I just want to give you an opportunity to do that. It, right there where you are, and the best way you know how, you could repeat these words after me, and there's no magic in these words, but it, it's, it's about your heart. And it's about just the desire to... to Stop doing things your way, to turn from doing things your way, to turn from the sin in your life, and to turn to the hope that you can find in Jesus. So if that's you this morning, I just want you to repeat after me. God, I just thank you that you know me and that you made me. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, the, the wrong that I've done in my life, God. I ask you to uh, help me to turn to you. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died on the cross to pay for my sins and that three days later you rose so that I can have life. God, I surrender my life to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, we want to know about it. You can put some praise hands in the, in the comments below. Uh, just, just let us know, man. We want to know. Somebody will follow up with you from the bridge. We would, we would love to follow up with you about that. So let us know. Um, for the rest of us, Man, let's just continue to grow. I have this, uh, this uh, plant here, and it, it actually says grow on it, right? Let's continue to be intentional. God desires it for us to have great relationships, okay? but it will take some intentional effort. So let me pray for us, and we'll get out of here. God, thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for the relationships that you've given all of us. God, some of them are strained. Uh, some of them seem hopeless. God, but we know that you're in the habit of, of making dead things come back to life. So God, help us to play our part. Help us to be intentional. Help us to be creative and find ways um, to, to talk about Jesus, to, to talk about spiritual things throughout the day with our spouse, with our kids. God, thank you for loving us. God, I just thank you that ultimately you bring us back to life. We're dead in our sin, but in you we have life. God, thank you for that. God, I, I thank you for this series and the challenge that we've had um, to, to put in the work necessary um, to have great family relationships. God, I pray that we would do it. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.